It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to this episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, episode 51 today. We're going to cover so much ground today. We need to jump right into the topics of today's program. We're going to start with the coronavirus. In fact, dedicating the first two segments today on the coronavirus. It is having an impact around the world, as you know. It has spread well beyond now mainland China. Uh, places like Italy and Germany, the Middle East, are now uh, demonstrating cases. Uh, South Korea, of course, and we here in the United States, in fact, have uh, a few cases. Those individuals are in quarantine, mostly uh, in California, Travis Air Force Base, uh, but it is something that is impacting the entire world. In fact, later on in the program today, we're going to discuss the impact that the coronavirus may end up having on the Olympics in Tokyo this summer. That is 149 days away. Opening ceremonies take place on Pioneer Day, July 24th, and there are some serious questions being asked right now as to the feasibility and the wisdom in holding the games this coming year. There are some that say that uh, the way things are going right now, uh, we ought to have a pessimistic view of the reality of Olympic Games this coming year. Then there are those on the other side uh, who are a little more optimistic about things. We'll break down the two sides of that. We're going to break down what is real in terms of uh, what we may be uh, facing regarding the Olympic Games. Again, 149 days away. July 24th, the Games are right now set to kick off in Tokyo, Japan this coming summer. Will the coronavirus impact that? We'll find out. Uh, Let's turn our sights to India. The president, President Trump, He's been visiting India there. Uh, It seems like he's been fostering that relationship for some time. And uh, the leader over there made it known to the president that, hey, you know, if you come over here, we will throw quite a party. And the president, as he was boarding Marine One on his way over to uh, Joint Base Andrews to make the long flight over to India, he said, hey, yeah, you know, uh, millions of folks, they're going to turn out uh, over in India. They absolutely love me. Uh, And I'm going to go over and say hello to them and uh, let them know what a great ally they have here in the United States. Well, uh, he's over there doing exactly that. And while addressing reporters just yesterday, he was asked about the coronavirus. Here's what he had to say. You may ask about the uh, coronavirus, which is... Um, you know, very well under control in our country. We uh, have very few people with it, and the people that have it uh, are, in all cases, I have not heard anything other. Maybe there's something new, because for two days I haven't been seeing too much of that news, of very much news, because it's been very all-encompassing. We've, we've accomplished a lot of We had a lot of meetings, as you know. I apologize for the quality of that audio. It's inexplicable. That was the best. That was the best piece of audio I could find from that press conference yesterday in India. But you heard the president. He's very confident in the way the United States is responding to the coronavirus and is prepared for uh, the future. I'm going to walk through a number of different reports and comments from various folks, some siding with the president and characterizing the United States as well prepared for the coronavirus. And then 
the usual suspects uh, out ready to speak against the president. Let's, though, turn to Sherry Preston with ABC News to get a more full report on uh, what the status is around the world and here in the United States. The CDC's Dr. Ann Shuket says they're trying to work with local officials while the number of coronavirus cases is still low. We're equipping them with guidance about how to address this threat should it arrive in their communities. The virus has not been labeled a pandemic, but she says they need to prepare as if it were to become one. We don't know exactly what will occur here, but the transmissibility has us wanting to be prepared. There are only a handful of U.S. cases so far, but Shuket says that might not last, saying efforts to contain the virus may not hold for the long haul. Sherry Preston, ABC News. There's a fascinating new milestone in this story of the spread of the coronavirus. The World Health Organization is saying now that there are more infections outside of mainland China than there are inside uh, that country. And this development comes as Congress continues to press the Trump administration for details about how it plans to deal with the outbreak uh, here in the United States, which, as we learned just yesterday, the CDC is warning is inevitable. It is coming, uh, according to the CDC. We need to be ready for it. The president, as you heard a moment ago in India yesterday, said that uh, he's very confident with the way uh, he, the, his administration is preparing for and is currently dealing with uh, the coronavirus. Now, the there has been a big uh, emergency supplemental funding measure uh, proposed, uh, $2.5 billion. That's uh, emergency funding to combat this virus. Uh, that would, though, move funds from the Ebola emergency funding. And lawmakers uh, in both parties are saying that that's not enough money. There is a health and human, or I'm sorry, there's a, a House committee meeting today where the Health and Human Services Secretary, uh, Alex Cesar is defending uh, the White House's request for this funding. This $2.5 billion request, it has my complete and full support. Um, It attacks the five critical success factors that I made clear I needed to invest in. And it supports that. It's at levels I think are appropriate. There have been some criticisms of what the administration has done thus far. And we'll hear those in just a moment. But here, again, is the Health and Human Services Secretary defending some of those criticisms. As soon as we knew of the threat presented by this novel virus, public health leaders were monitoring it and beginning to prepare. One last voice of support before we move on to those who are upset with the administration. Here is uh, Oklahoma Congressman Tom Cole saying that the administration is, in fact, on top of this issue. When I hear people say, well, the president's done, it's too little and too late. I think, where have you been? We've been preparing for this, honestly, before this administration was here. Now, this is interesting. I'm not saying that anyone is innocent here because I am sure that conservatives and Republicans are equally guilty. But it is fascinating that somehow the coronavirus has become uh, political. It is fascinating that before I heard a single person, when we were just preparing this topic this morning as producer Amy and I sat down to really break down how uh, the reaction to the coronavirus here in the United States is being debated, I... I really hoped that it wasn't the case. I hoped, I had hoped that I wouldn't be able to predict who was on which side of this issue. Well, uh, it turns out that whether or not you believe the president and the administration is adequately prepared and adequately responding to the coronavirus honestly depends on which political party you belong to. You've heard from Tom Cole, a Republican. You've heard from uh, the members of the president's cabinet, Health and Human Services Secretary. Now let's move over to the Democrats. And it's almost unanimous in their condemnation of the way the president is handling this. Let me start uh, with Speaker of the House, 
Nancy Pelosi. Hopefully we can make up for the loss of time, but it will have to have the professionals in place, the resources that are adequate, and, and not uh, be giving, using scare tactics about people coming back uh, to our country. At that same hearing where the Health and Human Services Secretary spoke here is a Democrat congresswoman talking about the funding. We are not robbing funding for other emergency activities to pay for this emergency. Chuck Schumer. There is no plan. The administration has no plan. That sentiment was echoed at the debate last night in South Carolina. I have just a moment left before we need to take a break, but I want to share with you a few of the comments made by the candidates regarding the coronavirus last night. Mike Bloomberg had this to say. One of the great problems today, you read about the virus. What's really happening here is the president fired the pandemic specialists in this country two years ago. So there's nobody here to figure out what the hell we should be doing. Here's Amy Klobuchar. This president has not invested like he should have in his budget. He tried to cut back on the CDC. He tried to cut back on the international organization that would coordinate with the rest of the world. He hasn't yet really addressed the nation on this topic. And former Vice President Joe Biden. We increased the budget of the CDC. We, were, we increased the NIH budget. We should have our president today, and he's wiped all that out. We did it. We stopped it. Lastly, here, if we're looking for a nonpartisan reaction to the coronavirus, let's hope that we can turn to the CDC for that. Here is uh, imparting a last piece of advice from the CDC's principal deputy director. Those sensible measures we talk about every year with the flu are uh, important steps that you can take. Cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. Stay home when you're sick and wash your hands. There you go. So that is the state of affairs on that level, on the debate stage and in Congress. Uh, what I want to do in the next segment is turn our sights back to Utah. As you know, uh, I have over the past week or so been in pretty close contact with a pair of Utahns who are uh, battling the coronavirus right now, the Herring uh, couple. They are from Tooele. John Herring, to Herring uh, continues in his quarantine in Japan here in the United States. His wife, Melanie, uh, she is in the midst of a quarantine in Tra at Travis Air Force Base in California. There have been some updates on their part. Congressman Chris Stewart has been working with them, uh, interacting with the CDC and the U.S. Embassy. He will be our guest during the next segment of this program. I'll update you on everything happening uh, to the Utahns regarding the coronavirus. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.